Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. How are you guys doing? Staying warm? No. It is freaking cold. It is so cold out there. How did you guys spend your day trapped uh, in Siberia? Did you have to go into work? (laughs) I had the option. Well, not the option. I would have had to take a personal day uh, because I work at a school district. So I actually did go to work because they said we could wear sweatshirts and jeans. So I actually, yeah, I did go to work and... But now that we have off tomorrow, which is Thursday, and another cold day, I'm going to take a personal day because I need to find sitter, and I couldn't find one for tomorrow, so that's my reasoning. But my car had a lot of issues. I started it a couple times during the day, actually, because I was worried. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of my coworkers, their car did not start up. So, yeah. yeah. It, was one of, it was one of the things I made sure both cars had the old the old jumper cable emergency kit in it. That's a good idea. But I stayed, I stayed home. Yeah, I'm jealous of you. I uh, I was a little uh, fired up uh, driving over here for this podcast. It's cold well, outside, but I'm fired up. No, fired up. Because <laughs> uh, my work, they refused to close. Uh, they said on Tuesday, I, I work second shift, so when I came in, uh, there was already talk about, oh, we're going to be open Wednesday. And I thought, you know, that's fine. I was a little disappointed. No, can, but, I st- can I just stop you right there yeah. just quick? I tried to go to McDonald's at 7 o'clock. They were closed. That's I, how, I went up to the door, and the lady like, no. That's how cold no. it is. You, <laughs> I'm like, what are you going to They're waving me? people but away. You're, but you're in there. Can't you just... Yeah, you just give you want? A, what did you want? Coffee? What did you want? Coffee? burger. Chicken, chicken nuggets burger. for my son. At 7 in the morning? <laughs> 7 at night. Oh, at night. Okay. I was like, no, not the morning. Talking about the morning. Not yeah, the morning. I was thinking morning, too, like trying to get coffee. But still, I don't know. It was my son's birthday on Tuesday, and... He wanted to go to Noodles for a little birthday celebration, so we went and did that. And they, we got there around six, and they let everybody know they're closing at eight Ooh. to prepare for said cold. Anyway, continue, Mike. Sorry, to get the mac and cheese. Add some, for sure, add some meat to that <laughs> bacon. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I was a little disappointed, but I thought you know, just because it's cold, some businesses got to stay open. Well, as it turns out, though, lots of other stuff was shut down that. Uh, where I work relies on, like UPS and FedEx, shipping and receiving department can't work, uh, all these other places to do business with their clothes. So some people just thought, I'm not going to have anything to do. About 75% of people called in. <laughs> so I showed up like an idiot. I felt like I had been hoodwinked. I showed up to work <laughs> and there were four cars in the parking lot. There's usually about 50. <laughs> so yeah, I was annoyed that I even went into work and the drive there was cold and they would not close. And I think a lot of people felt that way, especially like you said, with kids having off. So they just did not go to work. Yeah, I mean, the kids had off today. Um, so my wife also had off today. She works also works for a school district, so... And then I, I just, I had eye problems. I couldn't see myself going in, so I didn't work from home. But tomorrow I think I'm going to try to make the trek, but we'll see. I won't. Yeah, dress warm. I even, I, I went with the, uh, I wore heavy wool socks and boots, and I brought a, a change of socks and shoes to work. 
Problem is, just those sitting in my car for 20 minutes, they were freezing. Right. <laughs> miserable <laughs> changing into them even. Yeah, because when was that cold front supposed to cut? Sometime, what, Thursday afternoon? Yeah, I can't wait. So yeah, it's I, so supposed as long to be I, 44 on Sunday. So, so a, what a difference of like 60 degrees. Well, yeah. At least. Yeah. From the coldest it's been to what it's going to be on Sunday, that would be the equivalent if it went from freezing, like 32 degrees, to 100. That's yeah, awesome. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. So, so in having fun today with at least being cold outside, we did this old science experiment where you boil water oh, and, and toss oh, it outside. Yeah, and it just turns So I, I posted that to some social social networks. Freezes immediately. It was amazing. I did two takes of it. One of it, one of them, it completely evaporated. It was just gone in a, in a poof of steam. And the second one, you can hear it um, as a bigger pot the second time around. And we threw it out, and you can hear it like crystallize. And it was just one of the crystals hitting the ground. It was awesome. Kids thought it was impressive, and then we had to quickly run inside because we were just out for, for a minute. Because then it was you can, because <laughs> then speaking of crystals, you can feel your eyes turning <laughs> right. to crystals. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. When it's so cold, your eyes hurt. Well, it was weird. The first time I threw it up, I actually got some of the like boiling water on my hand, and I didn't notice it till after being inside for about five minutes. Then it actually felt like, oh, I burned my hand. Like you're a superhero, <laughs> right? So coming up this weekend is the big game, Super Bowl 53, and to join us to talk about it, we have our friendly fantasy football commissioner, the Commissioner Nick, joining us to talk about Super Bowl 53. How you doing, sir? Pretty good, yourself? Huh, hanging in there. So Nick gets mentioned a lot in some of our stories he's come up, Pinchy Bowl, Packer Road Trips, Nick's pretty big part of our group so we finally had him on to talk about his specialty and that is gambling pools i come from a long line of storied gamblers that are trying to keep up their uh, their platinum status at harrah's and other fine establishments across the country and uh they, they drive me completely crazy because they're they're not good decision makers and they don't understand math whatsoever but I've got the same bug as them. So I just do the same thing with more spreadsheets and pretend that it's smart. Um, my favorite thing, uh, my specialty uh, for office pools and the super fan group is coming up with equitable gambling games that are are fun and fair. I like fair. Fair with an asterisk. Because our fantasy league's not fair with these two. The so. fantasy league is completely fair. I think we have the best rules there are. Okay, it is. It is. Commissioner Nick is the part of the trick. Commissioner Nick is the is the famous one that sits in his like cave with his fifty spreadsheets that he custom made with his own personal algorithms. That if anybody gets within ten feet, he's got like alerts and security systems and automatic kill buttons to shut off his screens. It's it's very upsetting if someone stands behind me while I'm drafting and while I'm on the clock, especially. I, I might grab their shoulder that's yeah. in a sling. Yeah, maybe. And, <laughs> Aggressively. And yeah, I don't know. Because the closest thing to a, a fight the group has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that that person wasn't happy about that situation. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he just had sh- shoulder surgery. So um, his arm was hurting him already. But yeah, no. He famously gives us. We don't talk to that guy anymore. Yeah, good thing. He famously gives us like more credit for eyesight than I think we all deserve. Because there's no way 
We can read spreadsheets from a 20-foot yeah. distance. Half of us shouldn't even be driving without glasses <laughs> on. We're not reading your spreadsheets. Uh, funny enough, I only have glasses for watching sports. <laughs> I, I should wear them while I drive or at work, and they just they never come out unless I need to read uh, scoreboards or bottom lines on very important games. Anything else, I can squint. So Vegas has only lost two Super Bowls. So they suffered a net loss in two Super Bowls against the chart for the Chargers 49ers game. They lost 400k, and the Giants versus Patriots. I'm guessing that's the f- one where they were 16 and 0. Must be, yeah. yeah. It has uh, to be. That was 2.5 million they lost on that game. So, um, do you have any um safe bets? I guess for us, Nick. Uh, I I wish I I don't think there's safe bets. If if Vegas is offering the bet, it's gonna be. I mean, look at the coin flip. It's minus one hundred five or minus one ten. Like that, you could you could get lucky, but they're just they know that the the money's going to come in approximately half and, on each right. side. And it's fifty fifty, and they're still going to take ten percent. And what they've been doing for a lot of these Super Bowl props is they've even bumped that number up in their favor to minus one twenty for a lot of the popular bets, like the yardage over unders and reception over unders. So they know so many people want to bet on the Super Bowl. They're raising their cut, and people still don't care. They bet anyway because it's the most fun time of year to bet on stuff. Yeah, it's it's criminal, but yet I bought in. Yeah, yeah. I think I have ten. Yeah, I have. Uh, I made seven prop bets yesterday. So, like, I like the idea of. Uh, there's got there's there's surely lists out there somewhere, but I like the idea of looking at like what, what a public team is or teams with franchise quarterbacks and what their performance is against the spread over like a decade. And I would bet that just talking on my butt here, like without actually looking it up, I would bet that if you just bet against the Steelers, Cowboys and Packers every week for the last decade, even though those teams have mostly, maybe not the Cowboys, mostly been pretty decent. Uh, I bet you'd come out ahead. Yeah. Cause there is, the the public money skews those lines always in favor of those teams, because Vegas is just looking to get even money on on each side of a bet, so they have to skew public teams a little more in favor of uh of their side of it, and people still come in and they they want to bet the Cowboys and the Steelers. Right. Nobody wants to bet the under on Gronk yardage or Brady yardage. That's not that's not a sexy bet. Yeah, overs are always much more popular, too. That's another one. So staying on the topic of prop bets, um, Mike, Andy, Nick, anybody, what are your – because you guys have a couple bets out there. What are your favorite ones right now that uh, you think are not sure bets but uh, sa- safer ones that you could uh, go after? I'll defer to Nick. Let, let, the, let the guest of honor <laughs> there we go. Okay. share first. I know a person who may have wagered – uh, 2.5 units on Greg Zerline over two field goals. Two is a push. Three through the uprights is a win. One or zero is a loss. And on the year, take only the games he's played, uh, he would have lost that only one time out of, I counted the games. It was 10 or 11. Um, and if you extend that back to two years, you'd have only lost three times. And he played the full year last year. So um, feeling pretty good about a push. Uh, I think the game's close. I think it's a coin flip, and I think the Rams coach knows they have a kicker with a big leg, and every point counts here. And everyone might be expecting him to be the 
gunslinger, analytic, go for it on fourth down kind of guy, but um, drive kind of stalls out at the 41, and you can truck Greg out there for a, a long field goal. I, I think he knows that, and I think Sterling's proved throughout the postseason that he's pretty clutch. Yeah, that's a good one. The more you've thrown the numbers out there to back it up, I like that one. Uh, probably my favorite prop bet that I made was uh, I bet the Rams to win by one to three points, and that is eight to one. And I also bet them to win by between four and six points at 11 to one. Uh, because the Patriots, every Super Bowl they've played in has been a one-score game, whether they've won or lost. So if you like the Rams, I put just five bucks on each of those. So a $10 investment could win me 40 or 55 if the Rams win by less than a touchdown. That's a good one. And the one that I kind of alluded to, which is different than your guys' too, because you guys stole some pretty good ones. But the one that I was interested in was um, more to the game plan and that the Patriots tend to play where they tend to take out your first or your number one option on offense, which I'm gambling the fact that for the Rams, it's going to be Brandon Cooks. So the idea they're going to shut the him down. The former Patriot? Yeah, so they're going to shut him down, especially a deep threat. So I think they're going to shut him down, which then takes my bet for the under on Brandon Cooks on both the catches and receiving yards. And then I would then take Robert Woods on the over, assuming he'd be the second man up. So that'd be my guess for any bets you're going to do. I don't have any bets out there, but the, the most weird and fun one I thought is Romo guessing the play correct because it's something that he's done all year round. How many times would he have to get it right? I think it's seven and a half. Oh, that's pretty good. It seems like is a he, lot to me. They even had the prop bet out for, like, what quarter that he predicted his first correct play. Wow. Hmm. That seems like that have a lot of gray area, though. Right, right. Like, like was it exactly? He called a run up the middle. Was that, does that count? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one. I'm sure they're going to be liberal. They're going to say yes in, in quarter one and just be done with it. He should place that bet on himself and just predict run left every single time until he's rich. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or yeah, place that bet on himself and then fake a heart attack. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's how you end up in Martha Stewart jail. <laughs> is he that's just the best? Trading. Is he the is he the inarguable like best announcer? Everyone, everyone has everyone agreed on this. Tony Romo is the best announcer. I guess that's that's what everybody's saying now. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't I don't know if I really enjoy listening to Tony Romo's voice all the time, but I I do like him as the color guy. I mean, I enjoy his insight of the of the topics, but I don't know. It's definitely better than Aikman. Uh, the Onion had a great headline. It says Tony Romo should have used his uh, play play predicting ability back when he was a quarterback. <laughs> He's a, that's the pride of Burlington you're talking about. That's true. He, he's our hometown guy. If he hadn't played for the Cowboys, I'd probably like him. If he could have just been like I, some random AFC team's quarterback for ten years, I'd probably, I'd probably cheer for him. Yeah, if he'd have been an AFC quarterback, he probably would have had a lot more postseason success. I, I kind of like the idea of the Patriots losing this one, uh, just because Brady would be five and four, and then the narrative goes from, you know, Brady and Belichick are the greatest of all time to. Geez, the Patriots really dominated a relatively weak AFC and extremely weak AFC East yeah, they've, for decades. They've had the benefit of being in the worst division in football right. for the last, yeah, about 20 years. 
So speaking of the Super Bowl games and, and how miraculous and fun you tend to make betting, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the dollar game? Hey, the dollar game is another very equitable gambling game. It's really important when you're convincing people to play these games that it's simple and fair and they don't have to think a lot. Um, and then you, you first go to you first go to like the known down for anything guys of the oh we're gambling sure I'm in and then you get a handful of people at your Super Bowl party or at your office uh, and you say well this guy that guy and that guy are all playing you're gonna be the only person not to do it if you don't and that's that's how you peer pressure people into yes. betting more than they want to um, it's really you, important that's how you guys get me and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll know these guys because you'll you'll play some sort of like dollar strip game or whatever, and you can like see their face as they put their their one dollar in the envelope. And the sadder they are, the the lower on your list they go next year in in deciding <laughs> in in when you're going to solicit them. <laughs> That's you're like, Oh, there's only one square left. You're the last guy. You you, you come on and you got to buy this. So, um, dollar game is uh, we concepted it in the wake of. You know, I think it was after the year we did the drinking brewer game up at the cabin. I remember uh, I remember the Super Bowl. I remember the two teams the first time we played it. It was Colts, uh, Saints. Is when and we, it's like, we decided was it Colts, Saints? Yeah. Or was it uh, Colts, Bears at, at the, the Roma Lodge? Did we play oh, some yeah, kind of... I think we played at the Roma Lodge. We just I took all the prizes did. from the Roma Lodge. We played something there. I thought it was Colts. Roma Lodge and Saints... I thought uh, it was Colts Saints because well, maybe, uh, yeah. I, I remember I had Jeremy Shockey. I won money oh, off a late touchdown because okay. we felt like they they both had a lot of skill players. But Yeah, that's what hmm. made it perfect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's true. you got to have a lot of skill players. That helps. I think, uh, what Super Bowl was it? Was it last year's Super Bowl? Uh, I don't remember which one, but we had a lot of troubles finding a lot of skilled players but this one has a lot of skilled yes. players because yeah, we've be referred to this amazing. as the dollar game but it's also been called the touchdown game so definitely continue nick why is yes. it the touchdown game uh because we needed rules for one game fantasy football and we needed them quick and we needed it simple and the idea of you know calculating yardage or counting receptions is insane uh for three hours when everyone's really trying to stuff their face with chicken wings so um, we went, okay, well, we're just going to do a snake draft. Everyone's going to get, what are we going to do here? Two players, three, uh, you know, four, four seems like a lot to keep track of. I recommend getting a lot of people in there and, and having two. Um, inside baseball, count the touchdowns in the postseason and the regular season, and that's going to be pretty, pretty dang close to a, a good draft order. Uh, you can rig the game in advance to make it so that the people who draft in the middle have two decent guys and the people who draft at the beginning have a really good player and a, and a long shot a lot of times they'll get like the handcuff running back or something um none of this makes any sense to anybody because they don't know the rules yet uh the rules are you draft players like traditional fantasy football but it's for one game and the only thing that matters is touchdowns uh if you pick a quarterback they passing touchdowns do not count only rushing touchdowns um the office version is 20 dollar buy-in uh, draft a handful of players. You decide everybody gets two or everybody gets three, four, if you have small office. And uh, all the money's divided up at the end based on the number of touchdowns. So one guy gets three touchdowns. Somebody else uh, gets one. The winner gets 75% of the money. Loser gets 25% of the money. Everyone else gets skunked. Uh, that's the office version. 
home version, way better, way more exciting. Um, Definitely way I think better. By home version, you... That Roma Lodge. By home, home version, you kind of mean if you're having a party with yeah, all the people in, in the person. room, live in person. Yep. Um, people like to show up right around kickoff, so you got to be wrangling this in advance in the morning um, or forcing people to draft by phone, and it's not going to make any sense to them if they haven't done it before, but it's been a, a staple of our Super Bowl parties for the past decade or so. For sure. I, I can remember telling even coworkers and friends um, not in the inner circle about this game, and, and they think it's just an incredible idea, and some have even carried it on. I think I have at least probably a handful of friends like not part of, like I said, a part of our group that have, have carried on at their own Super Bowl parties. So I think that's kind of a an exclamation point about how impressive this game actually is and how quickly like, people can pick it up yeah. and how entertaining it can be. So how does the concept of the, the dollar game go when while the game's going on? I'm guessing we all, we all know what it is, but everybody at home doesn't know. So if you could explain that a little bit in detail. It's pretty simple. You dollar up. Uh, right before kickoff, um, every change of possession, and I think we added every change of quarter, you throw a dollar in. That's but correct. if your player scores a touchdown, you scoop the pot. Uh, mm-hmm. Game ends with the uh, last player to possess the ball gets the the end pot, which uh, if if it's a good year, uh, that'll be a crazy lateral play to try to win the game, uh, nonstop yelling <laughs> and Hilarity. That's great. <laughs> and definitely watching it in replay in slow-mo to see which yeah. last position yeah. player actually had it. Or, I think or the, or when your guy has it. <laughs> Unfortunately, just about every year it is a kneel down, and that's, yeah. where, that's where quarterbacks will actually have some value is if, if you have one of the early picks, you usually get stuck with a quarterback in the second round of the snake draft. But I've won money before. I think I had Russell Wilson against the Broncos, and that's – That was a bigger pot too yeah. probably. Yeah, it's interesting when like those surprise like defensive Super Bowl games kind of – creep their ugly head and now all of a sudden the pocket's pretty big when there's a, like quite a few punts back and forth where I that pocket's the, pretty big. I think the Panthers-Broncos game, the pot <laughs> got up to like $200 pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's just no scoring. But that's all you need to know is just draft two players, put dollars in when there's change of possessions. Yeah, basically. Take, take yeah. the money when your guy scores. Yeah, get a group of friends, figure out how many you have, then go get the, the popular skill player list based on touchdowns. Do a snake draft to divide up those players, then put your dollar in, score, take the pot, freeze the, put a dollar freeze in. Freeze the envelope so you get the Rams running back. <laughs> <laughs> right? It is what really makes it so fun is everyone having something different to cheer for. And when a team gets down to like the five yard line, it just turns into chaos of like <laughs> screaming eight different player. people, yeah, all screaming for something else to happen. Even if your guy's not on the field, you're just cheering for like a sack or something. Then yeah. put in my wide receiver. It's fantastic. Oh, and, yeah, and defense, uh, defense gets entered every year, and that is it's got to be non-special teams defense only. So it's a, it's a lower pick because even the better defenses seem to only score a touchdown or two per year. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, we we had given. Because most years, it seemed the special teams player was owned by someone, the kick returner. So I think that's why we had uh, not allowed special teams. I'm thinking back to, like, Jacoby Jones was returning punts. Edelman's done it. But, yeah, sometimes, uh, who is that guy for the Seahawks? They uh, they traded for Percy Harvin. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes people own the kick returner as a little bonus. Didn't Lockett return at one point, too? Yeah, I yeah. believe he did. So, but you, Yeah, you can't have a situation where a guy scores a touchdown and two people have to split the money. So right. that's why yeah. we, 
check out KRPR. So I think one more other tip I think that we kind of evolved throughout the years was, um, though it was interesting to see a strip club wad of ones being brought into the household. <laughs> we did convert that over to people could buy in for poker chips and made yeah. it a lot cleaner and, and easier to to exchange the money. Definitely and people could bring normal sized bills instead of, <laughs> like <laughs> right. I said, bring that huge wad of ones and, and have people look at you strange when you get it. <laughs> so that's one tidbit or one recommendation we can give you is, is get your poker chips out um, and exchange them for even $1. It's really a fun game for everybody. Like, if you don't know football, you could even play it because you just draft somebody and you just can watch the game and kind of enjoy the game instead of just looking for commercials to watch. Um, so it kind of gives you that, that aspect of rooting for something during a game when you don't have your own team in it. So we've I, never had our own team in when we've played this. So no, I don't think... This wasn't adopted when the Packers... It, would, the it would be retired that year. <laughs> yeah. There's only yeah, pacing definitely. and sweating. Yeah. Yes. yes. If we can ever make it back. Even... Uh, the game has become so popular. We even corrupted Pete's nephew. Yeah, he, he yeah. played it last year, and he was asking about it again this year. He's old, twelve. Yes, he's twelve. So. And he's but he's a, huge into fantasy football. Huge. He's addicted now. Football, baseball, basketball, video games, all that stuff. So he actually yeah. listens to the podcast too. So yeah, he's him and his friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah he really gotta, loves that game though. So you gotta let the game breathe. You can't force it, but you also um, it doesn't hurt to to hype it up a bit when you know teams down at the five yard line the best is when there's like a, a running back substitution and like it's some split back like patriot situation when there's four running backs that are yeah. all owned <laughs> and two guys are going off the field and another two are coming on and then the other team calls timeout and just like yelling and chaos and cheering it's yeah a, when you get a, when you get gronk fun. in the backfield and <laughs> just random stuff this is and then the backup fullback scores a touchdown right devlin <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I think we have had a rule, right? If uh, if a person score, if a guy scores that is not owned by everyone, like if the fullback did get in, everybody has to put two dollars in for the next pot, just yeah. to yeah, just to really make it hurt. Of like, oh, nobody picked Devlin. You can't you can't tell people that when you're trying to get them to play. It's got to be really simple. And then as it goes, you go, well, you know, we should put two in for halftime, and definitely if everyone consents, <laughs> then it's over. So. As confusing as this all probably sounded to everybody, we will have the rules on our website, right? Yeah, we'll definitely try to get that out. Um, hopefully right around when this episode airs, we'll get we'll get a link out there and hopefully a reusable set of instructions. So and makes if, it a little bit clear. If Quite you easy. have uh if you have someone like Commissioner Nick at your Super Bowl party, he's been nice enough to even make cards with every player, the player's stats for the touchdowns for the year. Definitely. And I believe the rules on the help. back of the card, right? And then I you think so. gave those out as the players were drafted. So you That's actually nice. had So as you're, as you're having drinks, you can kind of still remember what players yes. you have too. And yes. then when people regret their picks, they have something to tear up on the floor. It does help. <laughs> Especially if they get or injured. Or frame if you yeah. win. I uh, think I had that one year I where they got White injured like in the first half and I just ripped oh, it through. Oh, right? uh, it was Brandon Cooks got a concussion, right? Something like that. I believe that's that was... not good. Was that, or was that at the Atlanta Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't Maybe. remember. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we, in in celebrating how fun the game is, like we, we stretched out the explanation a bit, but really you can you can fit the rules on the back of a very small card, and it'll be intuitive to everybody who remotely understands football. If you could, if you know there's four downs and touchdowns are seven, you're you're gonna know enough to be able to have a great time with this game for sure. 
Yeah, so if you have any questions, we'll try to get on the website. Otherwise, you can definitely hit us up on social media. We're happy to answer questions. So I don't know, do we have anything else for, for Commissioner Nick? Well, thanks for calling in. Um, sometime we might want you to come in in person, and maybe we could tell the story about how we uh, moved to Green Bay without jobs to watch the Packers. <laughs> yeah, that's an epic story. That'd be pretty amusing. Um, there's parts that are not suitable for the show. <laughs> or, or wives and families. That's but okay. We'll 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 leave those out, but there's a lot of more funnier stuff though. Yeah, that'd be in the unedited version. <laughs> the, the after dark version. Yeah. So one last thing though, uh Patriots are I believe favored by two and a half. Yeah. From what I remember. So the favorites record against the spread is twenty five, twenty five, and two, according to ESPN stats and information. Who do you got in this in this game, Nick? Oh, I I think it's I think it's a coin flip. I do buy the narrative that the I mean the Saints should be there, but the AFC is kind of weak and uh, the the Chiefs blew it. It's anybody's game. I think it's a coin flip and if it's that it's more fun to take the points and cheer for the not Patriots, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. That's why I looked for the uh the Rams uh winning close those kind of bets uh it's either way we're going to get just uh the the postscript is going to be about the geniusness of the coach either you know belichick's the all-time legend darth vader or um mcveigh is the right mcveigh why is it yep that kind of me yeah mcveigh or mcveigh's the the next wave of the new breed of young analytic coaching so that we thank you to come on coming on the show there bud taking taking some time away from your evening Good times. All right. Look forward to seeing you. Appreciate it. Hope to hear from you soon. Yay, Commissioner Nick. Gambling, gambling, gambling. (laughs) Let's move on to our new segment, Pete's Around the the Sports. (laughs) Around the New. Around the new yeah, I, I kind of we, we had to rename it. Okay, uh, it's called Cycle Through the World of Sports. Okay, so it's like a cycle. So like basically, like hitting, hitting, for, hitting, I'm for, hitting the for the cycle. cycle. We're gonna hit for the cycle with with some news that I really like. We're not gonna bike well, for the news. So single through home run, and I have a walk in there. But well, single through home run. But, but I noticed what you did there. Yeah, triple is actually the hardest to do in a cycle. So that's gonna be our best story. That's fourth. That's great. So. Any baseball fan will appreciate that, right? But what if what if I have, what if I have more stories to add to this? No, we only have we only have five. Oh man, there's keep there's, it simple. There is a spot for a fifth one. Like yeah, said, the, the walk. The walk. <laughs> so let's start with the single futures bet. That's my little topic. So Vegas has the Packers at eight and a half wins for 2019 right now. Eighth in the NFC, third in the North. Do you think that's a fair? St- fair assessment i do i think that's plenty fair after this crappy season and all the organizational changes i think that's a pretty good they expect us to do better than than this year which i hope so um but i i will let you know now that i will take that bet and the over there you go it does seem appealing i would say though we only won seven and six games the last two years and so far all that's really changed is we did replace mccarthy so eight and a half that seems fair for right now. I know some some people might say, "Oh, that's low when you have Aaron Rodgers," but 
Yeah. I think I still I'm, don't know. I think I'm making on some aggressiveness from from Brian in the offseason. Yeah. And then the three picks in the draft. You could uh, you could bet the over, hoping for some nice free agent signings and a good draft. So let's move on to the double. It's just a little bit of respect here, you know. Are you gonna insert some baseball sounds? Like <laughs> maybe yeah. I don't know. I'll have to figure this out tonight. <laughs> so Wisconsin sneaks in the into the top rank into the top into the rankings at number twenty four. Marquette rises to ten, and this is the first time it that Marquette men's and women's team are both in the top 10, first time in history. So um, I guess just thinking of the men's section, which team makes it further, Wisconsin or Marquette right now in your eyes? I want to be a Wisconsin homer, considering I went to school there, but uh, Marquette is definitely much better suited for tournament success, mainly because of Marcus Howard. It's all about guard play. The Badgers have... Inconsistent guard play, I think, is their biggest problem. And also, uh, what worries me about the tournament is Ethan Happ shoots 47% from the free throw line. Oh, and yeah. Hack a Happ. Khalil Iverson shoots 59%. So two of their starters are poor free throw shooters, and that's not good if you're trying to ice a game late with free throws. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's 10 games left. So Marquette plays, I uh, believe, only one ranked team. They play Nova twice. Badgers have Maryland, Michigan, and Michigan State as ranked teams left on their schedule. So just yeah. a thought there. Yeah, I yeah, definitely think Marquette's got a better better team ready. Howard and the Hauser brothers, I think they're better poised to, to make a postseason. Definitely. I think if the Hausers are on, I think Marquette makes it to the second weekend. Yeah, I would agree with that. They've looked really, uh, really solid so far. So our third story, let's go to the home run. MVP? <laughs> MVP. Get up. Get MVP. Up. Let's, uh, I, I, th- I think I'm going to say Harden, of course. So he has scored 40 or more points 18 times this season, creeping close to Michael Jordan's 22 games in 86-87. 24 games straight with 30 and his unassisted points scored streak ended at 304 points. So, as far as MVP race for the NBA, I think I got to throw in Paul George. He's getting thrown in there a lot. What he did against Giannis uh, was pretty pretty big. So, where do you have him? One, two, three. Giannis, Harden, and Paul George. Giannis, Harden, George. I would... I have to give a slight edge to Harden right now, I think, because as I had said before, I feel like MVP is always the how the season's narrative is remembered. And right now, the narrative of the season, it's more about Harden's streak of scoring than more so than the Bucks' success. I just think that's what people talk about more, and I think that gets more buzz for Harden. So, so what if the Bucks go to... Uh... Eastern Conference Finals game. That would help, but it's a regular season award. True. What if they're the number one seed in the East? I think that would be a real statement, and they've been there so far. And this isn't necessarily what I'm saying I think should happen. I think this is, uh, or my opinion, I think this is what's going to happen. I think that Harden would edge out Giannis if they voted right now. I think just the market from Milwaukee makes it a little bit tougher for Giannis to that, get it. But that too. That's, that yeah. too that's, I, I still don't think Harden 
I still don't think this this pace is sustainable, and you're going to see Chris Paul come back, so it's going to eat into his points once that happens. Yeah, Paul did come back, uh, I believe, Sunday, so I think they've had two games together, and he came close to not getting 30 the other night. I think it came down to the last minute, and he finally hit a three or something like that. So, and right. then with Capella out, too, yeah, the last like month or so, Harden's just had free range to shoot as much as he wanted. Yeah. And, yeah, once they start getting guys back, they're going to have to settle into their regular offense a little more. All right, let's move on to the the dreaded triple. So, bye-bye, bro. <laughs> Anthony Davis says, reportedly asked out of New Orleans. Um, he actually was fined, uh, I think, like 50K for, uh, for asking for that trade publicly. Um, so, actually, Davis, he's a, he's a Packer fan. So he, he grew up in Chicago, but they weren't good, so he loved the Packers and Rodgers. Uh, he also followed Randall Cobb because of Kentucky. So um, New Orleans, looking they're looking for a King's Ransom, of course, for him. The Lakers and Boston are kind of rumored, but now the Bucks have crept into some news stories. I did a little, little um, what is it called, trade machine, trade machine on the yeah. ESPN, and I think I came up with Middleton, Thon, and Snell that actually would equal and they said the trade would pass so what do you guys think if if that's legit then uh sign me up right (laughs) no i think it would take more but but um do you think do you think it's like feasible do you think it could happen or would happen Mm. do you think they would would jump Uh, at it there is no way the pelicans are going to settle for any bucks package because we don't have controllable assets we don't have picks either yeah we don't have picks (laughs) and all of all of our good players that aren't Giannis are free agents at the end of the year. Yeah. They would have to, it would have to be an agreement in place that they're going to sign extension. It's not going to happen. Not when the Lakers can offer more. The Celtics though can't trade for Davis until, until the, July. Until July. Yeah. Because of, yeah, because uh, they they already have Kyrie making uh, too much money under the cap. They can't have two players accounting right. for that. So. Those teams all just have more. a certain more. percentage, right? Yeah, I believe it's like 30, 30%. 30%. They'd have two players going over 30. What's interesting is like whoever whoever would trade for Ant- like uh, Anthony Davis would actually get him under control for two years, right? He's still under still control. Still a rookie, yeah. That's crazy. I think, I think it's funny that the, the GM, like Demps, isn't, wasn't answering calls for teams like reaching out to, to in, in, inquire about getting the trade for Davis. And don't get me wrong, I would love if the Bucks oh, yeah. trade. They could, they could, could you give imagine up. Giannis and him together would yeah. be crazy. Insane. They could give up their whole roster outside of Giannis, and I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but you could fit people in with them. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll play. I'd like, I'd like to the have three one of point guard. Bring Deli back. What Bring about Deli back. what if care. you had this though? What if you had <laughs> Davis at center, Giannis at power forward, and then us three out there? Perfect. Would, would the Bucks still be the one seed? Uh, All right, maybe not. No, no, I think so. Defense would be those two. Hill. And then any number of us, combination of us three. There we go. No, I think it's interesting. I I, I do find it curious what they're going to do. Um, I know there's a lot of teams calling. I think the Lakers were kind of rumored to try to get, throw their hat in the ring to try to get it done now. Because I think once you get to summer, there's no way I think a team can compete with what the assets that Boston has. Um, they just have too many like player features that are under control for, for too much longer. And they have the draft picks. Yeah, and the, um, the Lakers have... Done have decent pieces considering Lonzo Ball and Kuzma they they could try to uh, try to flip Brandon Ingram some of those guys and that might be as good of a package as 
I, I heard the ball and Ingram thing and then draft pick um, mentioned. But I mean, like I said, they're they're going to have to scramble to get that done now. It, it, I think they're the only team in contention that really can give yeah. up enough assets to New Orleans. Otherwise, you're going against Boston in the summer, and I don't right. think any team can compete with them. I think it's it's Lakers or he doesn't get traded. Which is going to be disgusting for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the walk. It's my crazy sports story I found. So, WWE. Again, wrestling's going to creep into our podcast a little bit here. You guys know Mick Foley? Oh, yeah. I loved uh, I loved Mankind back Mankind, when I was following. Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude, Dude Love. Love. Yeah. Definitely. Only... Only uh, person to have three people enter the Royal Rumble, by the way. One time, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love entered the Royal Rumble the same year. Oh, really? That's it was pretty awesome. That's anyway, so uh, he kind of put on his Twitter, he was at the Nets-Bulls game. He was stopped by a fan and was asked, Excuse me, sir, I know you must get asked this a lot, but are you Robin Lopez's father? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Robin Lopez. What was his answer? I don't know. He didn't, I don't oh. think it's said. But <laughs> Robin Lopez, as we we described him so, as kind of a sideshow Bob caveman, right? <laughs> and uh, Mick Foley still looks like a caveman. He's he got does. the long hair and the big beard, so he's a big man, but not as big as Robin Lopez. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, the Lopez brothers are seven footers, so I think you gotta have a little more height than that. Uh, right? I'm not gonna pull off. Maybe yeah. like Uncle. Maybe uncle, yeah. Anyway, that was pretty funny when I saw that. Do you mind if I, I hijack this and give you give a couple quick hitters, just quick quick notes? Do any do any of you remember or know who Julius Campbell is? I don't believe so. What if I say remember the Titans? Now do you remember okay. who Julius Campbell is? Yes. Well, he passed away this week at age sixty five. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tribute. He had a lot to play into the breaking down the. The color barrier, um, desegregation of uh, of a team. I think they were in Maryland. I want to say that's what it was based on. Or Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia, is where the actual um, school that he was a part of. Um, and he befriended like Jerry Bartier, so that was based on a true story. So, just want to bring that up because I thought that was kind of an interesting story. Definitely. One of my favorite sports movies. Yeah, um, I watched it in honor of him. So great that was sports, kind of fun. sports and, movie. And Brooke Lopez um, surpassed twelve thousand career points yesterday oh good on him nice so he also uh broke a record for most three-point makes three-pointers like one three-pointer a game pretty much what he's got like 31 games in a row he's had a three-pointer so dirk Nowitzki slide over <laughs> brooke lopez right best shooting big man there best is no? shooting big man so this is a big gap of air but has anybody else noticed that it's much easier, or it seems to be much easier for players to shoot threes now. Like, everybody can do it. Like, it's not the stereotypical bodyguards that can, like, shoot really well. It's now pretty much anybody on the floor can do it. Yeah. It's like Curry changed everything, you know? But he, not so much Curry, but Brooke, like Brooke Lopez does not look like a stereotypical shooter. Like, it'd be it'd be the equivalent of, do you think in any realm of this possibility that Patrick Ewing or Morning could shoot threes like that? Dikembe. <laughs> Now that no, I would not at all. They have well, similar body types. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they, they look pretty similar. But yet guys nowadays can shoot the lights lights out well, of the basketball. What's weird is and just looking at Brooke Lopez's stats, all of a sudden his age twenty eight season he started taking 
five threes a game after never taking, right. never averaging more than point two a game. So he developed it pretty recently. He was never, yeah, he wasn't like, oh, he's the college uh, big guy who can shoot. I mean, he didn't take a three for the first five years of his yeah, career. That's what his all star year, he didn't take a three. Well, it's like his brother. I don't think his brother took one to like what the season or the last one. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it is that these guys are developing a three point so, shot. So maybe that's what you're alluding to, Pete. Was like when, like the Curry led Golden State Warriors, where they just just shot the lights out of the ball, has now changed kind of how the NBA looks at and approaches um, game plan and scheming. Yeah, definitely. Like you think you think of that, but then you also think of what Harden's doing now: dribble, 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 shoot, step back. Like you're seeing a lot of kids mimic that. So you, I'm wondering when that kind of bleeds in a lot more too. Which, yeah. which everybody hates how Harden plays. Not a lot of people love watching that basketball, but so he, it's fu- he can sure score. What's funny, there's so many high rules now of kids actually doing that and succeeding, and that's kind of the cool thing. There's also a lot of blooper highlights of kids shooting them <laughs> yeah. where they do the hop back and completely fall on their face. Oh, yeah. oh those, those are my favorite. Thing to do, the, the Rockets, yeah, they're, they're a big part of this too because uh, Daryl Morey, their, uh, their GM, he's very big into the analytics of basketball and just studying – the make rate of three-pointers compared to two and also the odds of offensive rebounds was actually higher on threes. There was more long rebounds. And when they just were crunching numbers, he figured that's why he wanted Mike D'Antoni that I think the best system to run is fast pace and shoot a ton of threes. And it seemed crazy at first when the Rockets did it, and now it's just the norm. And look at the Bucks. Yeah, right. let's... Let's uh, move into the Bucks here. Let's talk about them a little bit. So they uh, last time we talked, they of course we talked about the Oklahoma game, but they played the Pistons the other night and they won one hundred fifteen to one hundred five. Brogdon sat because of a chest contusion. Brown uh, sat out with a wrist, and DiVincenzo is still out with that heel issue. Um, so, but they swept the season series versus the Pistons for the first time ever in uh, in team history. It's kind of pretty, kind of pretty cool. Also, they and, have, and keep their back to back. Yeah, they have no back to back losses yet. Right, again thirteen and zero after after a loss. They pretty just, pretty amazing. Right, and uh, I know I said the the bench play had really hurt them uh, against OKC. Well, this game bench came up big. Definitely. Thir- 34 points, I think, from the bench. Yep, 34. Uh, shot 57%. Uh, Connaughton had 16 points. He's back. Planet Pad is back. That's what's weird about this team. Is, uh, we we do have a lot of quality guys. Someone like Connaughton was a big deal early in the year. Then he disappears for two months. And he just shows up again. Shows up, shoots seven for eight, two for three with three-pointers. Yeah, he was pretty good. But, yeah, that's it's something that's interesting that you bring up the, the bench play. For uh, since January thirteenth, um, the first three games since then, uh, they had forty four points off the bench, fifty one percent field goals, for field goal percentage, and then the last four of that little little bit, uh, they had sixteen point eight points per game and thirty one percent field goal percentage. So it was nice to see that bench show up, and that's something that they're going to really need the rest of the season to make a big run. Hopefully for a championship, obviously, that's what we want. Yeah, and as the season wears on, too, you want uh, more guys that can step up and, you know, allow us to actually rest Giannis or, like, we had to even rest, you know, guys like Brown and... Right. And did I I see correctly that they recalled my boy, Christian Wood? Yeah, Christian Wood's back up. 
you Man, know. he destroyed the G League. Just yeah. destroyed it. 19, 19 games, 28 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. He did He did what Giannis does the NBA Her game. in the G League. Definitely. Do you think he's trade bait? I don't know. I well, want to keep him. Don't no, I wrong. like him so no, much. No, we called him up because we got to trade Thon for Anthony Davis. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'd interesting. i take that in a heartbeat. Christian Wood, you're backup big man now. So the schedule uh, from now until the All-Star break, it gets kind of tough. So they have Toronto coming up, and then the All-Star reserves will be will be announced. They're at Washington on Saturday and against Brooklyn on Monday. But they have six out of eight games until the All-Star break that are away. And they play every other day and one back-to-back. So they don't have two days off in a row until the All-Star break. So it's going to be a rough stretch. Um, let's see what they're made of right now. Yeah, and they had and again with these games that are you you go to Washington, to Brooklyn, and then back home against Washington. Yeah, it, I don't it know. seems like they've it's that's weird. that's a recent thing. Or will you'll even play the team two times in a row, like home and away. I, I think they started doing that more now. I don't like that either. I don't like playing a team real close together. That's what the playoffs are for, right? But. Yeah, the Bucks had uh, a little bit of a friendlier schedule early on in terms of home games. So this is kind of uh, the road schedule catching up the last month and then into February. But they keep winning. They keep winning. They keep proving us wrong, right? <laughs> As fans, we're waiting for well, that that little stretch that they're gonna just kind of. I think we just have to believe that this is yeah. who they are, right? I just can't believe they haven't lost two games in the row. That's crazy. Year. I'm guess I'm guessing that's been done before because of how the Warriors won what seventy two and or whatever seventy three yeah. and Bulls won seventy two. So I'm I'm guessing they lost two in a row at one time, but I'm sure it's not done a lot. No, if they can go the whole season without doing that. They have to be the one seed and possibly the best team in the NBA, right? Yeah, because as as of two thousand sixteen. The 84-85 Boston Celtics went 74 games before losing two in a row. The San Antonio Spurs in 2015-2016, they went 67 games without losing two in a row. Oh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors 2015-2016 went 66 games without back-to-back losses. So it's never been done. Yeah, I guess I just... I still have trouble believing the Bucs are this good because there's just been so bad most of our lives but we're 50 games into the season they haven't lost back-to-back games there's only, that's inc- there's only what 30 30 something games left yeah there's like 33 games left yeah. for the bucks it's incredible what they've done and they're still holding down the uh right fewest losses in the nba so keep it up just get to the all-star break get a little bit of a breather get ready for that uh that push then for the playoffs Before we let everybody go, we're gonna do a quick, quick game of find the fiction. We kicked that off last, last week or last podcast. So last time I had said uh, the champion should get to use the Doodle Pro Fisher Price Doodle Pro. So I had won, but we did a double or nothing last question that you beat me on, Pete. Uh, I did. Yeah. So I think in the spirit of fairness, is you get to pick. Do you want to write with pen and paper or the Doodle? 
Pro. The beautiful Doodle I Pink think, Pro. I think I'll go with the Doodle Pro, and I think maybe I'll I'll make some cards with A, B, or C on it, and then it'll be just easy. We just can raise it up. Oh, okay. I maybe he, An- maybe Andy should do that since this is his game, right? Yeah, I'll try to work on it. Oh, okay. I actually I, actually I was able to acquire a couple whiteboards, <laughs> little mini whiteboards. Oh, there you go. Oh. But they weren't in my possession because uh, I left them somewhere else. Andrew. So by the time we record this podcast again, I will have mini whiteboards. All right. Not that anybody can see it. We don't film these yet because our podcast studios in is uh being built right now. Indeed. <laughs> So we're gonna do we're gonna do quick five rounds. So as you guys remember, I'm gonna give you three sports facts, A, B, and C. You pick which one is not true. Not. I always forget. Remember, not. I was true. listening back and I'm like, I couldn't. There's you could to- totally tell I was not remembering. Well, <laughs> well, some of these are so crazy. It's it, it's hard. It's kind, yeah. That's half the fun of the game. It's kind of like there's a little break the ice game. We had to play it in college. When we first moved into the dorms, it's called Two Truths and a Lie. You, just, you tell two truths about yourself and a lie, and they have to guess the lie. So we're going to call this Two Truths and a Lie. L-I-I-I. There you go. I see I what you did there. All right. All all right. right. They have to all have to be Super Bowl themed. All right, question one. If Michael Phelps were a country, he'd rank number 35 on the all-time Olympic gold medal list. One is B, just or one is A, just you know. B, okay. the Buffalo Bills have made the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills have not made the playoffs since George W. Bush was president. Or C, Babe Ruth won four World Series with the Yankees. True, right? Not true. <laughs> A, B, or C. Do you need me to read any of them? Let me no, know. I'm good. <laughs> Otherwise, reigning champion um, Pete. Pete picks C. Mike picks B, and the answer is B. Oh, Bills man. made the playoffs two years ago. Did they? Against the Jaguars. Oh, man. Winner, winner. I'm going to lose my doodle Chicken pro. Dinner. I thought the doodle pro actually was an advantage, an unfair advantage. It kind of it makes you feel like a, a pro. <laughs> yeah. It's right in the name. Definitely. <laughs> Question two. I do doodle for a living too. Before the, before that playoff one against the Jaguars, they haven't they weren't they never made the playoffs until right. Bill Clinton was president. Oh, mm. fancy that! That's crazy. Music City Miracle, right? All right, question two: A. Wilt Chamberlain is the only player in the NBA NBA history to have a double triple double. What? A double? Oh, okay, I got it. B, Roger Maris had a career high in intentional walks the year he hit his 61 home runs. Or C, the average NFL career is about three years. A, B, or C. Mike, first. Hmm. A, C, both wrong. Roger Maris was never intentionally walked that season. Never? Because he had Mickey Mantle batting behind him. Oh, Good one. Tricky. But I do want to ask one quick question while we're on this. Do you have the stat line of Chamberlain from the Man, the Chamberlain has I do. every single record. I do. That he's, one the was old, he's the only one who ever done it, and he did it on February 2nd, 1968, against the Detroit Pistons when he went for 25 points, 22 rebounds, and 21 assists. Wow. Crushed it. 
Yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit quick, if you don't mind, about the NFL careers. Um, in 2015, the NFLPA did a study to determine the NFL careers, and the, and the average is about 3.3. What position do you think has the shortest career ever? What, what has year? has the shortest career. I'm sorry, what 2015. Year? Running back? I'm going to say, yeah, running back. Running yeah. back at 2.57. Got it. Number two? Cornerback? That was three. 2.94. Wide receiver? Yes, 2.81. Well done. Yeah. Which position do you think had the longest NFL career on average? Longest tackle. Off the offensive tackle, I would say. Quarterback? No. no. Wow. Punter? Oh, come on. Punter. Of course. They don't count. I know. 4.87 years. <laughs> Four yeah, only. That's not real football. So well done. Nice. Mike is still in the lead with one. All right. We're on question three. Question three. A, Dean Smith is the only man to have won the NCAA title as a player and a coach. B, Ted Williams set a student gunnery record as a World War II pilot. Or C, Rasheed Wallace had his 2004 Detroit Pistons championship ring resized to fit his middle finger. Oh, do I go first? Yep. I I said A. All right. Said A. Both correct. The Rashid Wallace thing just seemed like that had to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two to one. Question four. I do want to go back to that one. Do you know the do you know there's three people, three coaches that one is a player and a coach? Dean Smith was one. Can you name one of the other three? One of the other three. Are, Are they coaches two? that we would recognize? Um Yes. One of them is for sure. George Thompson? No. Did he play? I'm not sure. I probably did. Well, Ewing Ewing's a coach now, isn't he? He is but a Georgetown. But he didn't win as a coach. Oh, win. Sorry. Is it, okay. You have to win the NCAA title yeah, as yeah, a yeah, player yeah. and a coach. Okay. Tubby Smith? No, I don't think. The answer is Bobby Knight. Uh, that did cross my mind. Was And Joey B. Hall is the third. I don't really remember him. But. That's a rapper from the 80s. There you go. Cool Modi. <laughs> and just a fun fact about the Ted Williams thing. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, the test emphasizes reflexes, coordination, and visual, like visual reaction time. More impressively, the record stood as of 2002. But the only reason it didn't it fell after 2002, they changed the test. Nice. So until 2002, he held the record still hmm. for the gunnery. Ted Williams, incredible career. Look up his stats sometime. He left in the prime of his career. He still has like 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. Incredible. Yes. The Wilt Chamberlain of baseball. There you go. He's the, he's the epitome because he, he coached for a little bit afterwards, and he's the epitome of why you can't have a, a prime player come back and coach. It's just hard. Yes. He was the one who famously uh, yelled at guys for not hitting home runs on like pitches down the middle. <laughs> right. <laughs> When you can just see and play at a higher level than everyone else, it makes you hard it's to hard be to teach it, empathetic yeah. and sympathetic to others. So anyway. Question so, four. So you both got that one correct. Well done. Two to one. Correct. A, starting in 1990, the Chicago Bulls never had a three-game losing streak for eight years. B, Cleveland has more titles in their big four sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, and NHL, then Dallas, San Francisco, Washington, Baltimore, Denver, and Houston. Or 
C. Mickey Mantle set batting and fielding records in the minor leagues for the Yankees in 1951. Let's see it, boys. C. Good job. Both of you correct. Whew. That was a tough one. Mickey Mantle was originally a shortstop, but he made 102 errors. Oh, I was gonna say I thought I, he drank too much yeah. to be a good <laughs> good defender. Hundred and two errors in two seasons, and they moved him to the outfield. <laughs> wow, it's like Ryan Braun at third base. <laughs> that was oh, brutal. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, don't feels forget. like so long ago. I'll never forget that. All I right, think the, I think Cleveland one was interesting too because everybody thinks what was Cleveland, but they actually do have more. Uh, that uh, they were just a long time ago. Right. That's the problem. All right, last one. A, Joe Gibbs is the only coach to win the Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks. B, George Steinbrenner played his own voice in the original skit of Seinfeld. Or C, while a football player at FSU, Lee Corso's college roommate was teammate Burt Reynolds. Pete, you lost because I know all three of these. Oh, no, we're not tied. Okay. Guess next. B, correct. Larry David. Yep. But, fun fact. Pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> we had just been talking pretty. about curve, right. too. Curve enthusiasm. But did you know the original skit did have George Steinbrenner in it, and they cut and it? The back of his head? Oh, because they only showed the back of his head, right? Yeah. They never yep. showed his face. So, the original episode actually did feature George Steinbrenner playing himself, but it was cut and then replaced by Larry David Nice. later on. Yeah, I just blasted through uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Actually, I'm on this recent season, but that is such a good show. Yeah, great show. I I think I I like it more than I kind of really respect that guy. I really love that guy. (laughs) He's like my favorite. Two of the funniest. Yeah, Larry David is my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) When he goes into a coffee shop and starts trying to order something besides just black coffee, that's me. That's me. That is 100% me. That's great. (laughs) The, The... Lee Corso and Burt Reynolds thing is interesting. They're both uh, Florida State, right? One was a quarterback. I think one was a running back. Was right. Burt Reynolds a quarterback? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. So yeah. he won a scholarship, went to D1 school, and then quit after his freshman year because he wanted to f- follow his passion, his acting career. So I think he did well for himself. Yeah. All right. One to one. I get the doodle pro next time. <laughs> I get the doodle pro next time. You are the doodle pro. All right. Well done, boys. So I think that wraps it up for us. Another episode in the books. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Come on now. I am taking the Rams in a close one. I'm going to say like 31-27. As I've been kind of preaching the whole year, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm just going to be that guy, and I'm going to take the Patriots. Does this end the, the dynasty if they do win? <laughs> no. Like if the Rams win? I really want the Rams, but No, I don't think you can count the Patriots dynasty over in a year that they made the Super Bowl. That's, that's true, yeah. I mean, they lost last year. Yeah, but they want, this would be this is 3 years in a row they made it. You can count the dynasty over when they go like 7 and 9. Until then, <laughs> keep on ticking. It's, it's yeah, it's still going strong. Keep on strong. chugging along. It's going strong. So, one thing though, we haven't really talked about food a lot lately. How about you guys? How about we can get some submissions on your favorite Super Bowl food? Mm, that'd be that's great. a good one. We could talk about some food. Because yeah, I we want some fan submissions on this. Because I want to see what other people, what other degenerates, 
eat on their Super Bowl Sundays. Maybe we'll have to make a graphic and yeah, and tweet this. Because I decided Facebook I'm bringing a bunch of wings. Wings are probably my favorite yeah, snack good. food, and I just realized I haven't had wings in so long. I better just bring a I think obscene my wa- amount I think my wings. wife's making her famous buffalo dip. Ooh, oh, so that there looks, you go. That, that stuff there. is fantastic. We have a good sub platter, I think. That's going to happen. Yep. My wife, Taco dip. My wife told me veggies and dip. Probably do that. that yeah, that's a good wrapped standby. In, One person has to wrapped do Wrapped in bacon? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll think of something wrapped in bacon. But Well, I'm the person who eats an obscene amount of raw broccoli and cauliflower <laughs> and then clears out the room by the fourth quarter. Okay. What's wrong, guys? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> or by clear out the room, I mean the podcast area. <laughs> All right, so we want to thank our, our Commissioner Nick friend for joining us today. Appreciate his time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But reach out to us on the mailbag. Let us know about your, your Super Bowl eats or anything else you uh, want to reach out to us on. Reach out to us at the mailbag at questionabletoreturn.com slash mailbag. Social media, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Q to return on Twitter. I'm Andy9man on Twitter. Mike? I'm at Mike R. Daly. At P. Cozy Jr. Very good. Was that right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I think I'll tweet out all the prop bets I made. There we go. Perfect. I think I'll have to do that too. But please give us the five-star review. We really appreciate it. It helps us uh, in the old Google and Apple ranking. So keep that coming. Appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll see you after the big game. Good. Go Rams. Rams win by between one and six. Go Gladys Knight. Rock on. (laughs) (laughs) Are the pips going to be there? I don't know. There's another prop bet. Boom. Boom.